All right, episode three. Welcome, fellow Illumineers, to Once Upon a Lorcana, the family-friendly podcast where the magic of Disney meets the enchantment of card collecting. I'm Benji, and with me is my brother Noah, and together we're your guides through the incredible tales and adventures that await us in the world of Lorcana. Get ready for Lorcana lore like you've never experienced before. Where the cards are our storybooks, and every shuffle is a new adventure. It is great to be here on episode three. How are you doing today, Benji? Oh, doing so great. Good. Doing so great. Yeah, how have you been? Yeah, not bad. Can't complain. Anything uh, Anything new in your life uh, lately? Oh, you know, just, just work and uh, just keeping busy, you know? <laughs> nice. Yeah, as it goes. That's right. Well, uh, we'll start off with just some some quick quick updates. Um, you know, it's fun. We have we've had the the restock is starting to appear in local game stores around us. And so the other day, um, I heard news that one of them, actually two of them, got some cards. And so I, you know, sent you a text. I was like, Oh, Noah, there's some cards, but I'm at work. I can't yeah. go. <laughs> and uh you were able to go to one of the stores and grab grab a couple packs for us um mm-hmm. just i don't know maybe share a little bit what that was like was it busy was it crowded yeah see that first location that you told me about i called them and and asked like hey do you still have some cards and and they had mostly run out and uh, yeah. they told me it might not even be worth coming over because they were expecting to run out like within the hour i was like oh shoot uh, but then the next location was closer and yeah. uh, I was calling them and they weren't answering. So I thought I'll just take the risk. Uh, and I drove down there um, and there was a little bit of a line. There was probably five or six people ahead of me uh, at the counter and they're all getting Lorcana. Yeah. Um, but luckily there was still a, a good, good, decent amount of stock left. Uh, something that was interesting that I didn't realize before. Supposedly there's something about the way that these boxes, the packages of the um, restock are taped to yeah. signify that they are part of the restock as opposed to the original, um, which is interesting. Yeah. I, I guess that that makes sense that they would want some way to differentiate them. Well, and I and I think it's not so much to differentiate them. It's more because chapter the the first original launch, the booster boxes had a little gap, and so really people could slip their hands in grab packs pull them out and uh, sell a a quote unquote sealed booster box i see even though they had taken packs out so there were some complaints about that and so i think that um Ravensburger just heard those complaints and so they put some you know those clear stickers on the sides of the booster boxes to hold that right. down to really indicate that this really is sealed so I think it's it's not so much to differentiate, but it's really just to ensure uh, safety for buyers. You know, there were some people that would buy product and they found that it was a bunch of uh, resealed packs with all of the rares taken out and mm-hmm. uh, they were just out a ton of money. So yeah, super unfortunate. So I'm glad that they made that change. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's a really good thing. So. Yeah. And it's really um, heartening as well to see that they are that responsive on their um you know the the pr it's like they they yeah, heard the complaints yeah. and they they fixed it right then um i know that 
you know, lots of other trading card companies have a hard time with that. And so it's good to see that Lurkana doesn't fall into that category. Amen. Yeah. So, so that was exciting. We got a couple packs this week and then I haven't even told you this yet, but the, uh, the local shop right by me just got a restock. And so I, I ran over there and I, I grabbed, uh, a, a booster box actually nice. for uh, MSRP, which is so nice. Uh, the only issue is that I, I only really have enough money for one booster box, and I really want it to be for chapter two for the, right. the new set coming out next week. And so I'm like kind of kicking myself because I, I don't think I can return this, but um, I see. I'm so worried that I won't be able to get any product for chapter two. And I'm still missing a decent amount of cards from the first set. Uh, so it's, you know, it's a tough place to be in, right? Um, mm -hmm. But I did pick that up and I figure I can I can just sell it for what I bought it for. And, and someone out there is going to want it. You know, it's going for more than that on TCG Player and some other websites. So right. I'm not too worried. You know, I'm not looking to make money off of it. But if I can find, you know, a booster box for Chapter 2, I'll probably sell this one. So I'm going to hold off and not open it yet just right. in case I'm able to yeah, get some. Yeah, just in case. Yeah, but but it's exciting. It's good. I'm glad to finally see some product, um, at least a little bit, you know, in our local game stores. And I think the plan is uh, to have more of a restock to the uh, the bigger stores, you know, the, the chain stores, uh, early December, something like that, uh, along with the launch of Chapter 2. So... It's exciting. It's it's you know, it's a happy thing. And and one thing that I think also is interesting is that um usually, you know, when there's a lot more product being added into the market, you'll see you'll see prices go down, you'll see people a little bit less eager to buy. But if you look on TCG player, it looks like people are continuing to buy packs like crazy. They're buying booster packs like crazy. Um, I think I, I saw a YouTube video where they talked about how even just in this first week of November, um, the amount of booster boxes purchased has been more than all of October put together. So there's wow. still like a hunger for the product. Right. And, uh, you know, you, you see it has an effect. So the prices aren't quite so high for the booster boxes, but the the market price is still over MSRP, right? So it's not like it's, plummeting or anything but it's instead of it being like you know four hundred dollars to try to get one it's more like 250 230 um so it, you know as the the market price right not the msrp but kind of what they're going for um so it's just it's cool to see that because it shows that there's still a lot of desire for the product like people want this and it's working and it's great and i think it's happy and healthy um it's it's a it's a sign of of a healthy you know card game is what absolutely I think, you know yeah and you know I think as well um, it's really nice to see the cards settling in at the value point that they are because you know with it being a a Disney game you do want it to be something affordable that people can play um, but there's also an exciting element of the, your cards potentially having some value you know you totally, want to be able to open totally. a pack and know you know I can potentially pull a card that's really valuable and so i think that they're starting to get to this range which is a nice sweet swap spot between those two you know um yeah cheap enough to actually be reasonably playable um 
in a semi-competitive way. You know, you don't have to dump your whole wallet in order to have a competitive right, deck. Right. Um, but at the same time, you could pull something really fun, really, really expensive. Um, totally. So if you are concerned about that resale value or or that's one of the exciting aspects for you that you care about the, uh, you know, the cost of the cards, then there's something in it for you too. So it's a nice sweet spot. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's, it's nice to see some of the singles dropping down, kind of settling with their prices and still, you know, you have some of those legendaries. Uh, I think the most expensive one is that Rapunzel, you know, gifted with healing, right? It's still, I don't know, 50, $60, something like that. But, but the other kind of rare legendaries like the, uh, stitch surfer and the, uh, um, Oh, a couple others. There's the Hades Infernal Schemer. Um, they're still like 20, 20 ish dollars. Uh, your John Silver. So there's still some cards that are up there. But then, like you were saying, I love that that they have the enchanted cards. You know, yeah. those, those cards that, you know, they're the chase cards, the ones that you want to get. It's just so fun. It's, it, you know, it brings that excitement, you know, like you were talking about. Um, so yeah, let's let's get the prices down to where it's manageable for, you know, us us poor people. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or me with all my kids, you know, where I want to be able to buy some and help them get into it and play it and and you know, not break the bank. I think that's a, a smart move, but to keep it exciting with those enchanted cards and the legendary cards. And it's different than Pokemon, right? I'm so used to Pokemon where you have your common, your uncommon, and then your rare. And I think they've changed things up, uh, you know, in, in more recent years. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they've got all sorts of special treatments and they have and such. like the two stars or the three star rares or the, the alt arts or, you know. Yeah. But in general, growing up, it was kind of three tiers of, of rarity, right? Lorcana, you have your uncommon or sorry, your common, uncommon, rare, super rare, legendary, and then you're enchanted. So there's kind of like, there's a bunch of levels to, to the rarity. And one thing really quick that I love about Lorcana is that as you open a pack, you get to, it's kind of an order of rarity, right? You start with your commons, then you have a couple uncommons, and then you're, you're guaranteed to have at least two rares. Mm -hmm. And if your first card is a super rare or a legendary, I think it guarantees that the card behind it is at least that same rarity or greater. Oh, interesting. So, so yeah, try to look for that when you're opening packs because if you open one and you get a super rare, that's kind of that silver diamond shape, you know, icon. The one behind it will be the same or a legendary. Wow. So it's, it's, I love that. You know, you're not just getting, you know, the one hit in your Pokemon card pack. You're getting at least two rares. And sometimes it's it's two super rares or two legendaries. So I, I just love that. There's a little more value to the pack. At least at least it feels that way to me. Yeah. And there's value in the opening experience too, the way that they sequence it like that. Yes. Because yes. like if you come across that first card and it is um, you know, a rare, just the standard, you know, that's what you get in the slot, then uh, you know, you can allow yourself to temper your expectations. The second one probably could just be another rare. But if it is, you know, a legendary, then you're like, oh, like this next one could also just be a legendary. Yeah, yeah. So it's exciting. So there's a little bit of an update. But um, anything else you want to add before we go to our news section? Um, 
you know, just that I'm I'm really interested to see how the first set and the second set um, interact as far as what sales are going to look like, um, you know, what the meta is going to look like if people are still going to try to push cards from the first set. But I think that's something we're just going to have to to see how it plays out. There's so many um, so many factors, so it'll be cool. Yeah, yeah I agree. It's it's going to be awesome. So there's our little update for you, and now we'll take a little break for the news. All right, and welcome back. So now time to talk about our news section. So Noah, kick us off. What do you want to chat about with the news? Yeah, you know, we're seeing more and more that these little hints and spoilers are being dropped for Rise of the Floodborne. And we thought it's about time to uh, kind of start diving into it and um, explaining some of our favorites and and hopefully hear some of your guys' favorites too. Um, but I've got a yes. handful that I'd like to go over. Let me pull up my yeah, app here. Yeah, do it. And a lot of these, so there's kind of, there's a couple ways to find out about these. On social media, you can see it if you're on Twitter or X. Um, you know, Disney Lorcana releases a lot of them. And and what's really cool also is that they've been reaching out to content creators and allowing them to reveal some cards officially, which is so cool. I yeah. love that. But you can see it on on their Facebook. You can see it on Twitter or X. Um, you can see it in, in discord if you're in, in discord. So it's just really fun. We've been getting kind of a steady stream of these reveals. So go ahead and, and share some of your favorites really quick. Yeah. So this one I saw earlier today in the app and I think the app, uh, they'll show the, the new spoilers, but it might be a day behind. And so that's where I'm seeing most of them, but that's right. That was the other, the other one I wanted to bring up was in mm. the official app. It has the two sets and it populates with new new cards that are coming out so be yeah. sure to check that out as well it's great it's a it's an awesome tool yeah um, we're not sponsored but <laughs> we'd like to be <laughs> um anyways so the first card i wanted to talk about is um snow white unexpected house guest it is two ink to play it's uninkable um it has one attack power and uh, two willpower and its ability is how do you do? Uh, and what it does is that you pay one less ink to play seven dwarves characters. Now, what are seven dwarves characters? Well, they've announced these characters along with Snow White. So you've got Dopey, you've got Sneezy, Happy, Sleepy, Grumpy, Bashful, Doc. Uh, I think that's all of them, but they're all unique cards uh, with slightly different abilities, um, but they all kind of interact together. Uh, I might call it a tribal deck. I know in, in Magic the Gathering, if you kind of revolve around one creature type, uh, you'd call that a tribal strategy or a tribal deck. And so I think it would yeah. be so cool to use these cards, put them all in one deck, and just see how many synergies you can get going at the same time. And they're so cute. They're just adorable. Yes. The art is is beautiful on those, and it kind of creates this big mural, you know, if you put them side by side. Super fun, you know. Oh, does it really? It does. Yeah, yeah. They all fit together side by side to to just create this fun big artwork. Wow. And I, I think who who's the artist on that one? Was it? Uh, um, looks like Kendall Hale. That's right, like that. Kendall Hale. Yeah, I, I love the work that he does. I think it's just beautiful. So that's awesome. It'll be fun to see 
to see those dwarves in play with Snow White. Absolutely. I wonder if you'd ever be able to actually have all of them in play and assemble the mural as you're playing. That would be cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sure we'll see it. It'll be awesome. Mm-hmm. Let's take a look at Alice. Now, this is one of the new cards. Let's see here. Okay, Alice, growing girl, dreamborn hero. She is three ink, inkable. Uh, she's a 1-4 as far as, as her stats go. And there are two abilities. The first one is good advice. When other characters gain... Oh, your other characters gain support. Uh, and as a reminder, that means that whenever they quest, you can add their attack to another character's attack this turn. Right. Now, you're going to be incentivized to put that attack onto Alice. And here's why. Her second ability says, what did I do? And it states that while this character has 10 or more attack, she gets plus four lore. Which is so interesting because you're stacking all this attack onto her, but you're not necessarily doing it so that she can use that attack power to challenge. You're hoping right. to kind of cross that threshold so that you can quest with her and just gain, you know, massive amounts of lore. Maybe just winning the term in a couple, uh, winning the game in a couple turns if you uh, get going. Yeah, it's very fun. You know, it reminds me of the the bell card from the first chapter, you know, that that is able to do the same thing, but only if you have 10 ink in your ink well. Right. Then you can quest for five lore. But this is if you have 10 strength, then you can quest. So it's kind of interesting because That's true. Alice can become this big threat, right? She can take out anybody in one hit basically if she has 10 strength. But Really, you want to do that to quest and get that five lore. And it's interesting that both of those cards are in Sapphire. That's true. You know, the Bell as well as the Alice. So that could make for some interesting, uh, <laughs> crazy, you know, questing for 10 or more in one turn. <laughs> right. <laughs> Situations. Yeah. yeah. And another thing that I was noticing about Alice is that with her first ability, she enables all the other characters to get support. Um, and so you could be playing these other characters that have massive, you know, attack stats, very front heavy, um, and they've got maybe a lower defense, but you're not caring so much about that because you're not hoping to swing them into anything. Um, but you can kind of take advantage of that imbalance and use them as a support character when they otherwise wouldn't normally have it. So right. that seems quite strong. Um, I'll do one yeah. more. Let's talk about... Let's talk about Peter Pan's shadow. Oh, love it. Have you seen this one, Benji? Yeah, yeah. I love I love the artwork for it. You know, with the it's, shadow on yeah, the wall. That's of, what really got me was the artwork. It's so creative. Let's see here. There it is. It is purple. Okay. Four ink, uninkable. This is a storyborn ally. Peter Pan's shadow, not sewn on. 2-3 uh, for stats, evasive, rush, tiptoe is the ability, your other characters with rush gain evasive, and uh, it exerts for, or rather it quests for two lore. Now, I think that this is so cool because one, the art is just beautiful. Yeah, that's um, cool. And the second thing is, normally your your rush characters are, are quite um, aggressive. You play them down and, and you swing in. And sometimes that makes them vulnerable for the counterattack because normally 
a character can't be challenged the turn after you played them because they're they're generally not going to be exerted. Right. Um, but with giving your rush characters evasive, that means that you have all of this protection behind your aggression. Um, and I wonder how much uh, that's going to allow you to throw caution to the wind and just be super aggressive and not worry so much about the counterattack. Yeah, yeah, very possible. And also it it uh it can throw the uh, the opponent off because they're thinking they're safe with their evasives. Right. But all of a sudden you play a rush character and it gets evasive and then you can go ahead and challenge their evasives, you know. True. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, so that'll that'll be a fun one to see, you know, how people use. Very cool. Well, I'll I'll talk about two really quick. Um the first one I wanted to talk about is the Emerald Cheshire Cat. Um, there are two new ones that that are being added in this second chapter, but this one that I want to talk about it's uh, it's an eight uh, eight cost uh, card, and it's Floodborne, and it's five strength, six willpower, and so you can play it for eight, or you can shift it on top of another Cheshire Cat for five. And it has evasive, and it can quest for two lore. But the thing that I love about it is the ability. It's Wicked Smile. And basically, instead of questing or challenging, you can exert it, and you can banish a chosen damaged character. That is so powerful. That's really strong. So I'm thinking, you know, you use this with uh, the steel. You kind of have a steel emerald deck. and. Uh, I might talk about this a little bit later, but you know, you can have the Hans where wherever the Hans quests, he does one damage to, you know, an opponent. So that in combination with the Cheshire cat, boom, banished. Or you have the Tinkerbell, the giant fairy that does one damage to all opponents. And then you get your pick of who to banish with the Cheshire cat, or you have fire the cannons, or you have the new uh, beast card who is, steal and when you play him you do one damage to a chosen opponent there's just so many ways that you can you know do some damage you have the uh plasma blaster the item card right pay you know it costs two to use and it does damage to your opponent so any of those things you could activate this wicked smile ability with the cheshire cat and just banish a character (laughs) i think it's so awesome and he has evasive right so wow i didn't even notice that yeah, oh my yeah, goodness. I think he's going to be pretty awesome, right? So the shift five, you can play him on turn five if you have another, you know, lower cost Cheshire Cat in play, which I love the chapter one Cheshire Cat as he is, you know, yeah. he's a three cost Cheshire Cat, zero strength, three willpower, and when he's banished, you get to banish, you know, the uh, the uh, the one who banished him, basically. So I think it's going to be really fun to to use this one. Um, so super excited for that. The other one I wanted to talk about a little bit is the beast. There's a new legendary beast card for steel. And Noah, I think this is my new favorite card. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can see so why. Cool. It's so cool. So first first off, you know, back when I was taking piano lessons, I know it's like, wait, where are you going with this? But back <laughs> when I was taking piano lessons. My favorite songs were always kind of the the songs that were kind of minor or a little bit more sad or, or tragic. And uh, so that's, for some reason, that just speaks to my heart a little bit more than the, 
you know, do, 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 do these like happy, you know, tunes. I just right. love the ones that had more feeling and more like heartache to them. And this card brings that out for me. It's a, it's a steel card. It's a five cost beast. And uh, the subtitle is tragic hero. And this is the beast um, as if he had never become human again. He just maintained in his beast form and the artwork, man, the artwork on this one just breaks your heart. It's by Ivana Kisa and it's the beast up in his tower looking out with this sad face and with the the glass uh, container with the rose inside of it, the enchanted rose yeah. still there. And uh, it just, it just breaks your heart. So I love it as it is, right? Just pulls my heartstrings. And I also just love the beast in general. Uh, if I were to do Beauty and the Beast, it'd be hard to choose between the Beast and Gaston. If I were going to do the musical, because <laughs> right. they're just both so great. Um, but his abilities are are incredible. So he has three strength, five willpower. He can quest for two lore, um, and he costs five to play him. But he can shift, and you can play him for three, three, only three. And then he has an ability called "It's Better This Way," and the ability says at the start of your turn. If this character has no damage, draw a card. Otherwise, he gets plus four strength this turn. So that's pretty incredible. Every turn, you could be drawing a card if he's not damaged. Or if he is damaged, he gets plus four strength, meaning he has seven strength. So that's just like bonkers. I just love it so much. I think the beast, um, you may have seen. you know, there's two new playmats for the second chapter, and uh, one of them is Winnie the Pooh, the Honey Wizard, which I think is just a glorious artwork. <laughs> yeah. And the other is this beast who's kind of a gargoyle. You know, he's kind of just like, looks like a stone. Looks really cool. I think there's there's a couple new beast cards, and I am loving them. And this one's probably at the top of my uh, desired wish list uh, for Santa. <laughs> yeah yeah i just think it's so cool and see the beast um you think about like okay if it's not damaged i can draw a card that's great and so maybe your opponents will be like oh i'll i'll damage it then but then it gets plus four attack it's like either way you're still getting a great deal and so it seems yeah. really strong and it's fun to uh to think about how you can strategize around both abilities so that you can kind of pivot your strategy you know, if it needs be. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you could, you could have cards that heal, right? You could throw your Rapunzel's in there. You could throw uh, your item cards, like your coconut, your magical flower, whatever, whatever the ones are that heal, right? So that you're getting that card draw advantage, or you can throw in things like the scepter of Arendelle or um, other characters that give support, right? So that he can quest, and if you play him on turn three, he's questing for two lore. That's nothing to, mm-hmm. you know, shake a stick at. And right. then he's giving seven attack to one of your other characters <laughs> if he has great. support. So so if you played him with Alice, like you were talking about earlier. Oh, like, yeah. Like, that's, that's, that's powerful. You could get right something there. going there. Right? So, anyways, I think there's just so many fun things to talk about. That's that's just a little bit of our news. We'll go into just one more topic and then we'll hit off our main topic here. But um, 
for the other part of the news, obviously, next week, Chapter 2, Rise of the Floodborn releases. We are so excited. This is going to be awesome. Oh, yeah. So I've, I've been trying to scour, you know, the social meads to try to figure out, okay, are any local game stores doing any pre-orders? And I haven't been able to get any. It's been so crazy. The, the one thing, um, the store that I go to the most that's really close to my house, they're not, they're not selling it at all. They're reserving all of their allocation to do league nights. So that's good if you can make it right to their weekly league. But it just so happens to be on a on a Tuesday night, and uh, you know, you and I happen to be in a in a musical right now, and we're yeah. busy that night, and so we can't go. And it's like, ah, oh, yeah, please. Yep. And I asked them today. I was like, hey, is there any way I could I could just get get cards so that you could change your day or anything? <laughs> right. What they like, say? They said, no. You know, you just you just gotta oh, come when you can on Tuesday. And I said, okay. So. Don't have any pre-orders. Um, I did notice that there was uh, one store that's you know a bit of a drive away, but they are doing a little um, release day event. I guess it's it's on Saturday, so it's on the 18th, um, where you get you pay thirty dollars and you get a starter deck and two booster packs, and uh, it's kind of this sealed um, league event that they'll be holding throughout uh, the next month or so. And that seems really fun. Yeah. Um, you know, I I can't do that one either because of, you know, our schedule with performances and rehearsals and things. So a little frustrating, but it's okay. It's okay. We'll find something. <laughs> That's right. Just got to wish upon a star. Your dreams will come true. Yes, absolutely. So we're just hoping and praying that we'll be able to find some stores that have product and uh, be able to, to get some to enjoy, you know, opening some packs and uh, seeing some of these beautiful new cards. We'd love to hear about your plans, what you're going to do. Were you able to get a pre-order? Um, are you just going to kind of camp out, you know, on the day that it opens? It reminds me of uh, back in 2017 when the Nintendo Switch came out. I, I camped outside GameStop for like three days in a row. And uh, was finally able to get one. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, we won't have to. You know, we won't have to go to those extreme lengths. I didn't camp out all night. I was just going really early before it opened. Set right. up a little chair. You know, play some games while I was waiting. But it'll it'll be fun to see how people are able to get some some product. So kind of fun. Any other thoughts? Yeah, you know, I do wonder if. Um, if it's going to be understocked like the first set was, and if so, uh, if they will do a restock, because they might. Um, yeah, yeah. Either way, I think that, you know, it kind of creates those instances, those experiences where you get to be excited about having it. And so uh, I think it'll just be great. I agree. It's going to be fun. Awesome. All right. Well, let's head into our main topic. You want to share what our what our main topic is today, Noah? Yes. So we are looking at, uh, for one thing, the lore behind Lorcana, and more specifically, the lore behind Storyborn, Dreamborn, and Floodborn glimmers. Now, if you remember, a glimmer is the term that they use to refer to these these cards. 
Um, they're a representation of the original character, um, but they aren't just the original character straight across. Um, because they're a representation, you know, that's why you can have multiple Mickeys on the on the field. Um, right, right. And you'll see these tags, Storyborn, Dreamborn, Floodborn, kind of halfway through the card, just underneath the image. And they mean a couple different things. A Storyborn character... Uh, is going to be your traditional, typical depiction of the character, very true to the story. Uh, the flavor text at the bottom will probably also be a quote from, you know, the movie or the show. Uh, a dreamborn character is a slight reimagining of the character, uh, still depicted, uh, you know, rather canonically. They'll look like they do, but just a little bit reimagined, maybe in a new setting. A floodborn character is totally different and it's an imagining of the character based on a slight tweak in the story or or in the idea behind it and we'll get into that a little bit but uh benji could you tell us a little bit about kind of how the lore and backstory relates to these sure yeah i'd be happy to so um one way to find out about lore is to go to uh, the disney lorecana website and they have kind of a story section that you can read about and uh, we'll have it in the, the show notes, but it's DisneyLorcana.com, and then you go to story. And and basically, I'll read a little bit from, from that uh, just to kind of orient us. Yeah. So what? I'll just go ahead and read this. So it says, a swirl of colorful starlight appears, growing brighter and brighter until it's all you can see. When the burst of light subsides, you find yourself in a wondrous new place. Welcome to the Great Illuminary, the center of a magical realm called Lorcana. The Illuminary summoned you here because of your powerful imagination. You follow a pulsing line of light through curving hallways and numerous rooms to emerge into a vast atrium. A mechanism there towers over an open book. Sparkling down from above is a stream of colorful story stars each containing fragments of Disney stories. Nearby, a unique tool catches your eye. It's an ink caster, and when you pick it up, it feels both exciting and familiar. Instinctively, you hold it high above the open book. Magical ink, pulsing with the energy, flows through the mechanism and combines with the light from a story star on a page of the lore book in front of you, creating an image of a Disney character. With the power of your ink caster, the image rises off the page. This is a glimmer, a new version of the character that only exists in this world. As an Illumineer, you can create glimmers of characters and items to add to the lore of Lorcana, a treasure that must be preserved and protected at all costs. Soon other Illumineers across the globe will be called to the aid of Lorcana. You'll summon glimmers to quest with you as you search for missing lore in a race against time. Only together can you protect this wondrous realm from threats. I, I love that so much. You know, it's kind of fun. So cool. So basically, you, you get summoned to this place. You find this book, this mechanism, and uh, you're able to summon glimmers, which is just like you said, it's a representation of that Disney character from their world. Right. So you can have the old steamboat Willie Mickey Mouse and you can have 
uh, you know, the friendly Mickey Mouse that we all know, and they can both be on there because they're those representations of them. And and I love it, right? Those are those are storyboard. They're very real to their uh, original um, their original characters from their their respective movies or shows. Um, but then we have something fun with the rise of the Floodborne, right? So mm-hmm. with Floodborne, what happened here is that somehow, um, you know, let me let me pull up. Um, let me pull up something here. So there was a good article that was just posted, and we'll share this one in the show notes as well. This one is from IGN, and they're the ones that revealed that beast card that I love so much that I talked about. And so they had a nice article all about all about kind of the new lore with Floodborne. And so um, I'm just going to talk a little bit about uh, what they shared in that. So... Basically, what they say is that an Illumineer made a discovery while exploring this place called the Great Illuminary. They found a room with a locked lore book. And and like Noah said, with the cards, the Lorcana cards themselves, there's text on the very bottom that we call flavor text. And for those storyborn ones, it's usually a quote or something. But some of the other ones, the Dreamborn or the Floodborn, it can it can kind of go back to this lore of Lorcana, right? It can try to bring up this story. And so some of them talk about this, this lore book and how it was locked. But basically what happened is that an Illumineer found this locked lore book and they, they happened to open it. And when they opened it, there was this huge flood of magical ink that just burst out of it. And it had an effect on all the different ink colors and and created floodborne versions of these characters. So one thing that's really neat about floodborne characters are they're they're different. They're different Im- imagination. Well, what am I trying to say? They're different. Um, they're like slight twists on the story. Yeah, different twists of those characters, right? As if they were something else happened, and they are all shift characters. And I, I don't know if we've explained too much what shift is. I, th- I think we have, right? But basically, if you have like an Aurora, who's a two-cost Aurora, you play her. And then you have a five-cost Aurora, but it says shift three on it. That means when you have three, um, three ink available to you, then on turn three, you can play your five-cost Aurora that says shift three on top of another Aurora, like your two-cost. So it's basically letting you play a strong card for a, a less less of a cost than what it would normally cost, right? So all of these Floodborne characters are shift characters, which is it's kind of fun. It kind of fits this uh, this theme of them being different versions, you know, of themselves. So you you have um you have this different version and you're able to kind of, I don't know if it's evolving or whatever, but you play it on top of your old character and it changes, it shifts because of this flood of ink and it becomes this newly imagined character that's pretty strong. I think they're, I don't know, more or less some of the strongest characters in Lorcana are the Floodborne characters. They're just different because they've been affected by this huge wave of ink that came out of this lore book. Right. So I think it's just so fun and creative. And we're going to learn more about this 
as we see more and more cards and as we get more sets, I think it'll just help us understand this story better. And uh, it's so fun, right? I just love it. Absolutely. And, you know, another thing that kind of goes along with these Storyborn, Dreamborn, Floodborn is that you're seeing that uh, some of the gameplay mechanics and strategies are starting to kind of interact with it. Some yeah. of the new cards that have been announced, uh, they have synergies with certain characters if they are a Floodborn. And so it's interesting to see what kind of mechanical implications that will have. And also something that I was considering is that by having this game not only utilize the original uh, you know, depiction of the character, but also slight variations and complete reimaginings, you allow the uh, possibilities to just open up so widely. Um, it seems like Disney already has a, a pretty impressive cast of you know, really beloved characters. But at some point, they would run out if they just do one card for each character, right? But by allowing for all these different variations to exist, uh, it gives them so much more flexibility and so much more longevity in the game. And I think that that's a really smart choice and uh, very exciting, very fun. I agree. And it just goes along with with what we know from Disney. You know, they're so creative. They're the, yeah. they're the true Illumineers, right? So I love that so much. So hopefully that helps give you a taste of, of kind of the lore and the story behind this game that we love, Disney Lorcana. Um, I think we're only going to learn more and love it more. So I think it's super fun. So that was kind of our main uh, topic for the week. Um, we know we're, we're getting on in time, so we're going to continue on to a couple of our, our other segments. So I wanted to talk a little bit just quickly about our deck of the week. And uh, this week, I'm going to talk about a deck that I hope to one day have enough money to, uh, to build. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, this, is, this is including uh, cards in the new set. So this is the Emerald Steel deck. I kind of hinted at it a little bit earlier when I was talking about the Cheshire Cat. So the two things that I really want to incorporate into a deck are um, being able to damage other characters um, so that you can play your Cheshire and you can banish them. And the other one is something that many players hate. And I'm sorry, but I, I want to play it. It's, it's forcing other players to discard cards. And I know it's such a pain. Um, we have the, uh, oh, what card is that in the amber? It's like... Uh, you have oh, forgotten me. Yeah, from the Lion King yes, thing. Yeah. Yes, you have forgotten me. You know, it's it's the uh, Mufasa. Yeah, remember who you are. Anyways, um, and and you have to discard two cards, and I hate it when someone plays that against me. I'm like, really? <laughs> so I get it. I'm sorry, but this is a deck that I want to create because there's so many cool cards coming out to support it. So Emerald has um, a Lucifer card. Basically, the ability is that when, when you play this card, the opponent has to discard two cards or one action card. So it's, it's kind of crazy. You know, it's, it's a character that you get on the board and they have to discard. So there's that. And then there's Prince John. Prince John is the, uh, you know, the lion. Uh, uh, can you even call him a lion? Yeah, he's a lion. Yeah. Uh, from Robin Hood. And... um he has a really cool ability too. Whenever your opponent discards at least one card, 
you draw that many cards yourself. So you can have your Prince John out, then you can play your Lucifer, where the opponent discards two cards. That means you get to draw two cards. And then there's an action card you can play called Bippity Boppity Boo, where you can return a chosen character to your hand and play another character with that same cost or less for free. So you have your Prince John, you play your Lucifer, they discard two cards, you draw two cards, you play Bippity Boppity Boo, you take your Lucifer back, then you play it oh again. My word. Then wham, they have to discard more cards, you draw more cards, and it's just this crazy combo yeah. of depleting their hand and increasing yours. And uh all three of these cards are uninkable, right? So so it's it's a little heavy on the uninkables, but it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I, I want to see this in play so bad. <laughs> Man, imagine. If that happened to me at some event at a local game store, I think I'd just scoop up my cards and leave. <laughs> I'm like, a, a good game, well I've, done. <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen a couple polls on Twitter about, is, is the discard mechanic fun or not? And it's controversial. It's definitely right? fun for at least one player. <laughs> right yeah exactly but i i do think it's a little bit balanced because they've been adding ways to draw cards in different ink you know yes. colors right so so they're trying to balance it out a little bit but i think that this uh this prince john he's gonna see a lot of play to be able to force discard and then you draw because of that i think that's just a crazy good combo we've talked about how how important card draw is with Lorcana. Um, so we're just gonna we're gonna see that a lot, I think, in this next chapter. So that's my my deck of the week. Um, yeah. Hopefully, I don't match up against you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. That sounds like a great deck, and it's so interesting to see how you know I had uh, similar colors for the my deck of the week last week. Um, yeah. And yeah. Yet the strategies are are different you know, almost entirely. I think I had something going on with, with damage as well, but it has a totally different flavor. And so I love how the variety of Lorcana cards allows you to do things like that. It's so fun. It's so fun. There's going to be so many different deck combinations and combos with this next chapter coming out. I'm super excited about it. It's about time to shake things up, you know? Yep. Agreed. Awesome. All right. So on to our next segment. Oh boy. So uh, this segment, uh, we're calling it the card idea of the week, new card ideas. Uh, last week, we had a fun time talking about some Halloween or some spooky themed cards. And, uh, and I we will say yes. really quickly that, that as one of those ideas, I had Bruno and I get that he's not a villain. I get it. <laughs> but for our purposes, he was villainous. Okay. All right, yeah. Moving on. <laughs> and I, you know, I kind of like that, that idea because it's, a little bit extra comical to lean into him as a villain. Yeah, so I, I thought yeah. it was clever. Uh, let's see here. So a couple that I was thinking of, these popped into my head just a couple days ago, but I think that there's more potential in the Aladdin movie. So yeah. a couple ideas, one of which is an action card. Do you trust me? Uh, if you remember, this is something that Aladdin says to Jasmine. It's kind of a, kind of a, a, a sweet touching little, um moment and and she has to kind of look inside of herself it's like you know do i trust 
yeah, I trust you. And, and she just, kind of remembers when he says that earlier when they're exactly. about to jump, you know? So she's like, yes. Right. And <laughs> yeah, so yeah. um at one point he asks it, she says yes, and they take off on the magic carpet ride. And I thought a really fun way to reflect that would be for this action card to banish one of your opponent's characters, but also one of your characters. And so it would be really cool to try to, you know, line it up such so that you can get rid of one of your bad things and get rid of one of their really great things. And the card itself could afford to cost a little bit less ink because you do have that drawback of getting rid of your own thing. So I think that that has some potential. Yeah, that could be pretty powerful for sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another one is Magic Carpet. Now, I don't know if this would be an item or if this would be a character, Uh, but either way, I think that you should be able to pay some ink, maybe two or three to get it down, and then you exert it maybe with another one or two ink. You know, that would have to, you'd have to think about balancing as far as how that works. But um, once you exert it, you put a character from your hand onto the battlefield. Uh, And maybe it enters exerted for, you know, balance reasons. But I think that having a way to just cheat stuff into the battlefield could be really, really cool. As if the magic carpet is just, you know, swooping in, picking someone up and dropping it off somewhere else. Um, I think that has some really yeah. cool potential to kind of get some really big fun. threats on the board early. Yeah. Yeah. You'd have to make sure to balance it for sure, but that's a fun idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one could be three wishes. If you remember, Aladdin was promised three wishes by Genie. And yes. uh, the story kind of goes along with that. How he chooses to spend his wishes is a big point. Um, and something that could be done in Lorcana is, you know, this is an action card, probably costs a lot of ink, but then you get three wishes. You get to go search your library for any three cards. They probably have to be different, but they go straight into your hand. Uh, in Magic the Gathering, this is called a tutor effect, anything that lets you go get something of your choice, and it's very, very strong. So that's why it would have to cost so much ink, but uh, I do like how it so accurately reflects the flavor of three wishes just just go get whatever cards you want so <laughs> yeah cool as well. yeah that could be super strong that's awesome yeah and so those are are my three that i was thinking of i i thought that there was a little bit of unexplored potential there and i'm sure that with um even some other movies that they've already done they're gonna do more and more and more cards um just yeah. really yeah getting I so sure much out so. of it yeah um so speaking of more characters coming from the movies that are already represented. I asked my wife what she thought if she could come up with a character and she said, do they have Zazu? <laughs> and I was like, no, I don't think there's a Zazu card yet. So, so this is her idea of a, uh, a new card to, uh, to add to the game. So this is Zazu Mufasa's assistant and uh, he has the ability hover. And she said with this ability, you get to see what your opponent's going to play and then you can tell them they can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> nice and maybe so they still play it but you at least were able to tell them that they can't <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. You, you can't play that okay i'm gonna play it anyway <laughs> yeah i thought it was fun so so there's my wife's idea of the week um mine i wanted to jump into a new new ip a new movie here this one is uh, big hero six which i'm a big fan of so my idea is to create two cards for Baymax. Baymax is just one of my best friends. Just love that guy. Mm-hmm. So 
we have starting off, we have Baymax Healthcare Companion. Um, and uh, I haven't thought too much about ink or, uh, you know, strength or willpower, but but what I would love to see is a healthcare companion card, you know, where maybe he's hugging hugging someone or holding a, a cat, a furry baby, as he calls them. That's furry right. Furry baby. <laughs> and uh, he has an ability called healthcare chip. And I thought when you play this character, you can heal one damage from a chosen character. And when you quest, you can heal one damage from a chosen character. I, I think that's a really cool ability for a healthcare companion. Right. Yeah. Great for a healing but deck. Kind of fun. And then the next one is um, a shift Baymax into Baymax superhero. And uh, I thought this would be fun because, you know, Baymax is the healthcare companion and he has his healthcare chip. But then Hiro puts in the fighting chip into Baymax and builds this armor for him to become this superhero martial arts master. And uh, I thought it would be cool to play on that and to create a, a shift version where his ability is fighting chip. And uh, he has rush. And then the ability is basically the same as, as Tinkerbell Giant Fairy. Whenever you banish a character, deal two damage to another chosen character. I think that would be super cool. You know, maybe it would be a high cost character, like an eight cost, and then you could shift it for, for six or something. Um, so it's kind of like that Tinkerbell, but it, it gets rush as well. Um, so I thought that was kind of a, a fun idea for, uh, for Baymax healthcare companion and Baymax superhero. I love it. <laughs> and I think the, the dealing two damage when they, when he uh, banishes a character to me, it's kind of reminiscent of his, you know, little fist rocket launcher. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Like he takes someone out and then just kind of points to the side of the fist. Yep. Blast somebody else while he's at it. That's so cool. And I think that it's kind of, it's kind of cool to see the juxtaposition of like, Oh, healthcare companion probably has really bad stats. And then you shift the superhero on top of him and, and he's just like this massive threat. <laughs> I think that that's awesome. Yeah. Kind of fun. All right. Well, I think that's about time. So that wraps up another enchanting episode of Once Upon a Lorcana. Thanks for joining us on this magical journey through the world of Disney Lorcana. Absolutely. It's always a blast exploring these cards, strategies, and reliving those nostalgic Disney moments through the game. And a big thanks to our listeners for tuning in. If you have any questions or comments or just want to share your favorite Disney Lorcana memories with us, please reach out. You know, we're on Twitter or X at upon underscore a underscore Lorcana. And you can also email us at onceuponalorcana at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. We've got some exciting topics lined up for future episodes and you won't want to miss out on the fun. Yes. One other thing that we would absolutely love and appreciate is if you guys would leave a, a quick review of the podcast. That would just help boost our presence so much and help us to uh, just share our thoughts with more and get more people involved and uh, create create a fun community. So if you have a chance, please just leave a quick little thought with a review. We would appreciate that so much. And uh, we hope to hear about your successes with getting some of the uh, Rise of the Floodborne Chapter 2 Lorcana cards. Best of luck to you all. Best of luck. See you real soon, Illumineers. See ya. <laughs>